Heather was asking me on the way up here, she, she's like, are you nervous? And I'm like, no. And lo and behold, within a few minutes, I was bawling my eyes out. And um, usually when I'm standing in front of a lot of people, um, I'm usually seeing a lot of people all dressed up in their fire suits. I'm a chaplain within NASCAR, so I'm kind of neat seeing everyone all dressed up and what have you, rather than seeing nothing but sponsorships. I wanted to talk about um, Celebrate Recovery. Um, many of you have known me over the years, have seldom really seen the serious side of me, but it truly exists. What I'm about to talk about this morning is something very serious. And here goes the meter, the crying meter. <laughs> I want to talk about briefly addictions. Many right away think about alcohol and drugs when you hear the word addictions. But there is a very long list. There's food, shopping, pornography, gambling, TV, video games, exercise, work, and money. If, and if you didn't hear your addiction listed, it doesn't mean that it is not. So I'll give you the definition. It refers to the mental disease that causes people to be obsessed with something. You are not unable to control themselves when it comes to it. If you fall within what I listed in the definition, in Hope Chapel, as, as Steve says, we're offering this program on Tuesday night starting March, March 10th. And uh, if you have uh, like any further information, you can contact me through my email address or my telephone number in the Hope Chapel um, directory. So uh, one of the um, scriptures that's been very close to me, not only through when I was going through my addiction, but um, also being blessed on uh, the many things that I've had the opportunity since being married to Veneta, also um, being a chaplain within NASCAR. And uh, Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not harm you, and plans to give you hope in the future. My past life was very troubling, one of street drugs, cocaine, and just living a very destructive life of a well. One day during a rehab of many over the years, several of us were dropped off for a meeting at an off-site building many miles away in Boston. It wasn't that great of a rehab facility, but God used it to start my life in a new direction. This was the start of a new plan not put together by me. The meeting was canceled, and the van was not available to pick us up or bring us back. The director told us if we wanted to come back, we, we could walk or wait. I had on very light clothing, but I decided to make the choice of walking back. I became cold and confused because I didn't really know where I was or how far I needed to walk. I became colder as I went, walking faster, but walking down the wrong streets, just trying to figure out a way back. I chose what I thought was a quick path, and things would be better, but the day, the day became worse, if I have only listened and waited. As I walked past many people on the sidewalk, I asked directions. Some ignored me. Others stated, you had a long way to go. I had come a long way already, and my path was just longer, troubling, and more confusing. I made it back cold, hungry, and very mad. I signed myself out of the rehab facility, figuring I could do this on my own. Then on a cold January day, my life changed by a very beautiful voice of a little girl. It was my birthday, and I decided to share it with my daughter, Sarah. When I arrived at her house, a birthday cupcake and candle waited me. Her mom and Sarah walked out of the kitchen singing happy birthday. We shared some great times together, and I decided, when I decided to leave, 
Sarah walked up to me and gave me the hug and said, you're the best daddy in the whole world. Those eight words broke me, and I realized I wasn't. My life needed to change. As I was driving down the road, I broke down and started to cry. Hearing the echoes of Sarah's voice, I admitted myself back into the hospital. I spent the next three months at Emerson Hospital. It was a special birthday gift given to me by my daughter. Those words helped change my life around. Just two weeks into my stay, I became very seriously sick and ended up in ICU. I was unconscious for five hours, becoming partially paralyzed, and had the vocabulary of a three-year-old. As a team of doctors circled around my bed one morning, I could tell by the look on their faces that what was about to be said was not good news. I was told I wouldn't be going home and that my life now would be living in a nursing home. I cried for a very long time after the doctors told me the news, the tears pouring down my face as I remember what Sarah had told me many days ago. A hospital chaplain came by one morning, and she greeted me, asking me if I would like prayer. I wasn't a Christian. and wasn't going to church. But we became very close friends during my stay in the hospital. She would read to me every day, sit and explain various parts of Scripture for me to understand. Every morning, I would gaze up at the clock in my room and notice she would be coming. And it was really, I was pretty excited, and it was one of my favorite times of day. I had ongoing therapy every day for speech and physical therapy. On some of the better days, I realized I still had a ways to go. This pastor, my daughter, were two very special people guiding me back, but there were three all along. God was also there helping me find my life again. It's the simple things in life we need to acknowledge. Looking at the bad minutes in a day, we become smothered and feel no hope. For three months, I started to see the tears of others, the pain I had caused, and realized I was still loved. There were nights where staff would just sit at my bedside, and I always wondered why so many would stay to chat. Yet I had trouble in to speak, but it was the miracle of what they were seeing. When I could talk for a little bit, I would call and talk to Sarah and just listen about her day, listen to her giggles, and what she had done in school, and what she watched on TV. And then as soon as I started realized I had troubles speaking, I would tell her I had to go and hang up the phone. I didn't go to Sarah's house on my own that afternoon. Christ had those words ready for her to speak. On any other day, would those words have meant anything? Maybe they were said, but I'd never heard them. How many times have your child, spouse, and friend said something and never heard them? How many times have you heard someone say, are you listening to me, what I am saying? Three months had passed, and it was time to turn the page that Christ had written. I sat in a wheelchair waiting to get discharged. It was now April. The staff gathered around me to say their goodbyes. Many from other shifts that I have become so very close to came in to say goodbyes. There were smiles and tears. It was the beginning of the path Christ had now prepared. I was scared to leave because of all the close friends that I have met over the time in the hospital. As the chaplain stood there alongside me, she smiled and said it was time. On April 4, 2004, I did not go into a nursing home. I was able to walk on my own, and my speech had cleared up enough that they allowed me to get discharged from the hospital. Since April 2004, I have been clean but no drug addiction. There are many days that I travel by Emerson Hospital and gaze up at the window I looked out for so many days. Sometimes at a red light, I will share a little stare with a little tear, as it is just a reminder. Don't ever give up saying that prayer doesn't work, and don't ever give up saying just because of where your life has been that God doesn't love you. He loves you just as much. Don't ever give up stating Christ doesn't 
love you because of your past. Don't make excuses for not going to church. It may be in day an important message is provided to you. And don't give up believing. There are many things throughout my life have changed. I've been giving back to the community, helping prison inmates, families, children, teaching an addiction program in the past. The past five years as a chaplain with the NASCAR and being married to Vedetta. This March, Hope Chapel will be starting an addiction program. And I'm hoping that you're, within your addiction, if you say that I don't have an addiction, you're already in trouble. And I just look forward to being able there to help you as I've helped many others in the community, in the racing community. And um, again, I just wanted to thank everyone for, for their time today. Thank you.